You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Talk Recorded live. Continuing in verse 19. For your obedience is come abroad unto all. So what is um, Tertius saying? He's saying this word obedience means that you're hearkening to true doctrine, which is, you know, the, the truth, the doctrine that Paul taught and the apostles taught and Tertius taught. You understand that... Um, you know, the doctrine that churches teach that are not taught by the apostles, the ones today in the churches, that's the false doctrine. But anyway, in this day, they have heard that they follow the true doctrine, the things that they have been taught about the gospel. And it continues... I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. So, it's interesting, um, the words that they translate, um, the way that they do into the English. Uh, I would have you wise, um, and the word is, clear. Okay, that's what the word means. So what he's talking about is to know the difference between good and worthless in your doctrines. Okay, so if the doctrine is good, then keep that doctrine. That's the doctrine that we are teaching you and how you have been taught. But if the doctrine is worthless, then guess what? Don't bother with it. That's the word simple. It means to be unmixed. Uh, Stay away from. (laughs) Concerning. And the word evil means worthless. So it's talking about knowing the difference between worthless doctrine and good doctrine. Worthless doctrine is the stuff they teach in churches today. It's worthless. It makes people evil. It does the opposite of what the Bible teaches us that happens as you become a part of the body of Christ. You see, the churches today teach that once you become a believer, then just go back out into the world and live your life. And, you know, hey, as long as you're doing it in the name of Jesus, whatever you're doing is okay, because that's the works that God wants you to do. Not true. That's a completely different doctrine than the doctrine that is good doctrine. 
and that's what the New Testament is for. It's for us to know what the good doctrine is. So that's what he is talking about. He's talking about he wants to make sure that they stay true to good doctrine and not pick up worthless stuff. Verse 20, And the God of peace, this is a very interesting verse, and it shows you something if you are listening. And the God of peace, which of course the word means to join, shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Okay? So guess what that means? Satan hasn't been bruised under anybody's feet yet. That won't happen until Jesus returns, and you find that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want you to go there, okay? And I want you to read along with me. Now we beseech you, beginning in verse 1, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by the letters as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, an apostasy from the truth. And the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now we know Jesus isn't going to come to earth pretending to be God, okay? or calling himself God. So you understand Satan is not coming as Jesus. He's coming as God. And so let's see. Remember ye not that when I was with you yet, um, with you I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. So this is what we're waiting for. Jesus will not return until Satan is on earth as God. Not as Jesus, but as God. And then it continues. This is the part where um, Satan's will be, as uh, we see here, according to um, Teratias, that verse 20 holds you a place, and God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. This is when that will happen. That hasn't happened yet. Let's read it. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed. So it will be at that. There's going to come a point when Satan will be allowed back on earth and he's going to be here as God and then what happens? Whom the Lord, Jesus Christ, shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness 
of his coming. You understand? So it hasn't happened yet. It's not in our lifetime yet. Satan's going to come on this earth as God, not as Jesus. He's going to have an antichrist. He sure is, who will pretend to be Jesus returned. But that's a different person. It's not the same one. And so that's what's being talked about here in Romans. Okay? So, verse 20 again, going back to Romans 16. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Okay? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Absolutely. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. Timotheus, my work fellow, and Lucius, and Jason, and I like that Jason. It's just Jason. <laughs> it's, it's, it's names we know. How do you like that? The word, the name Jason has... Um, has been uh, kept all the way to us 2,000 years later. And so see Peter, my kinsman, salute you. So see, these are people that are with Teratias, okay? And he's writing this letter to this group of people. And it's just a little old letter, a little old epistle that he wrote to them. And now he's letting them know who's with him. And um, I, Tetris, who wrote this epistle. Now, this I wanted to take a look at this um, this name Tetris. So, um, this name Tetris means third, and that's interesting. That's what the word means. See, I guess in those days they named you. You know, uh, we can assume that this was the third child of this family, the reason why I say that is go back to his brother, which is very interesting. I want you to go back to um, verse 13. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. So this is his brother and his mother who are living in the place that he sent this letter to. Now, this the reason why I think that it just means... Um, uh, Teratias just means third, and that just means that he was the third baby <laughs> that they had, or the third son maybe, is um, because Rufus' name means red. That's all it means is red. So, so they were simple people. They just named their children simple names, um, and I think that's amazing uh, to to see that, uh, you know. Um, so let's continue back at um, the ending here. And you have, um, I, in verse 22, I, Titus third, who wrote this epistle, so he wrote it, not Paul, this particular pot, salute you in the Lord. Now, I want you to go to Romans chapter 1. Hold your place in 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. So 
This Romans 1 is Paul, a servant of Jesus. And it's Paul talking, okay? It's not uh, to Tyrus that is talking. And if you go to um, chapter 15, Paul still is continuing on and explaining to the Romans what he wants them to know. There's nothing different in what Paul is saying in in his, in his explanation to the Romans concerning the difference between, um, you know, what's going on with the Jews and why they believe what they believe. So that went through all through Romans 1 to Romans 15. And then, of course, he's saying in, in 15, he's ending it. He's telling them, I, I want to come see you. Uh, I'm going to see you, um, but I'm going to go to Jerusalem first. And I'm, but, and I'm going to make a trip to Spain, and when I make a trip to Spain, I'll go by and see you. See, that's all in 15. And verse 33 says, Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So you see the same thing, God of peace. So obviously Paul and Tyrus were, you know, they knew each other. And they were connected to each other. And and so, you see, that ends, the end of 15 ends Paul's letter. And now we've got Tyrus's letter. And he didn't um, tell us who he was writing to. He just was, started telling us, uh, telling whoever he was writing to about um, the different uh, people that are in their area, the different believers, part of the body that were in their area. Okay? Now, uh, let's go to, to Tyrus. And um, he told us that Timotheus was, um, was with him. And Lucius and Jason and Sosia uh, Pater was also with him. Now, who was this Timotheus? Obviously, he was the same Timotheus that was connected to Paul. So Timotheus had, um, since uh, Tatyrus didn't mention Paul at all, and he mentioned Timotheus, this is Paul's Timotheus, and Timotheus taught this guy, and this guy is with Timotheus, and he's working with him. And he's writing a letter back to the people that he knows in the different towns that he mentions, okay? And so the reason why he has the same thing, the same kind of ending, ending in verse 20, and the God of peace, he calls the God of peace the same thing that Paul said at the end of his um, letter, which ended in chapter 15, now the God of peace, be with you all, amen, is because... He's with Timotheus, and that's how t- Paul talked to Timotheus, and that's what he taught him. And so Timotheus taught this guy, and so this is what's going on. That's how you know this guy was got what he got from Paul's information, which he got from Timotheus, okay? So Paul told Timotheus, Timotheus told this guy, and Timotheus and this guy is still working together. So... We've got that part down. So now we know, and we're up to verse 
23. And more names. Jaya's mine host, which is the one that the place he's living at, and of the whole church saluteth you. Aratus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you. And Quartus, a brother. So we don't know um, what city or town they're in. They're just in a town and he mentions people that he's um, that he's staying with and that are also brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Again, he says that to make sure. Now, the next part says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So now to him that is of power to establish you. He's talking about God, okay? Not talking about Jesus. That's what you're doing is telling about Jesus, okay? According to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. So this guy was really connected and he understood mysteries and things were revealed even to him. It's amazing people think that just Paul had things um, revealed to him. No, Paul had things revealed. Peter had things revealed. And now we see this guy, he understands some of the mystery too. And that it, it came from that nobody knew, you know, and this uh, since the world began means uh, perpetual, which means um, God kept it secret, and now it's being revealed about Jesus Christ. It was kept secret, or silent, I should say. But now is made manifest, and this is another important part here, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets... You understand, see, we see the word scripture in the New Testament a lot of times. And you'll have Christians telling you, when it says scripture in the New Testament, it's referring to the New Testament. But no, they didn't have the New Testament when they were writing those um, letters and things to the church. And finally, you have the truth of what scriptures they're talking about. It's talking about Old Testament scriptures, nothing to do with what the New Testament says. So, scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations, that's the Gentiles because this guy's a Gentile, for the obedience of faith. So, um, it was made known to you about Jesus Christ, the secret about Jesus, who he was, and what God's plan was made to the Gentiles. And it was made because you have attentively hearkened to our words of the faith, what we believe in. We told you what the gospel was, and you listened and hearkened unto it and submitted to it and believed it. 
to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So you see, um, Tertius knew there was a difference between God and Jesus. Do you? God sent Jesus. Jesus was a human. He had a job to do. He did the job. He fulfilled the job. And his reward was to sit at the right hand of God before he came down to do this work for God, he was not sitting at the right hand of God. We know that. So you've got to understand it's very important to understand. So let's see. Let's take a look at um, Revelation chapter 4. I want you to take a look at Revelation chapter 4. Let's take a look. Was Jesus seated at the right hand of God in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1? After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be here after. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat on, sat was to look upon like Jasper. Now, this is John talking. He knew what Jesus looked like, and it wasn't Jesus sitting on the throne. He didn't see Jesus anywhere around. So the one that was sitting on the throne He's trying to explain what he looks like. He looks like energy and beauty and Sardin stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto emeralds. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. So around the throne, you have a throne, you have twenty-four seats, but you don't have another throne or another seat next to that throne, do you? Mm-hmm. No Jesus. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold, and out of the throne proceeding lightnings and thunders and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. There's only one Holy Spirit. It has different aspects to it. And that's what is being talked about here. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes behind, before and behind. Now, this sea of glass is empty. There's nobody there on the sea of glass because it can't be because that doesn't happen until after Jesus. So this um, Revelation chapter 4 is talking about before Jesus was on earth. Guess what? He wasn't at the throne as far as seated next to God on his right hand. But we know he was after because Stephen saw him. He saw him seated at the right hand of God. So let's continue here. Uh, Four beasts full of round eyes before and behind. So you've got the protectors of God. 
And the first beast, and explains, was like a lion, a second a calf, a third a face of a man, a fourth beast was like a flying eagle that just represents all the different aspects of the earth. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, which, is, which was and is and is to come. And, of course, that means that God's going to arrive on earth. He has not arrived on earth yet as, you know, God, meaning he's coming back to earth to dwell on earth with everyone that's part of the kingdom. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the Lord of the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for the, Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Now, of course, we know this is Yahweh, God, being talked about, not Jesus. Okay? And so understand John knew what Jesus looked like, and he didn't say nothing about Jesus. So we have a picture of the throne, who's at the throne, what they're doing, and we don't see Jesus. And so that's why, let's go back to Romans chapter 16. To God only, wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. That we know, and so did Teratias, that Jesus is not God, that he um, was not there because he hadn't fulfilled his job yet on earth. And if we continue into five, we can see that happening where he wasn't, didn't fulfill his job yet, and then he had fulfilled his job. So then he took his rightful place as Lamb of God. And... So Tyrus knew the difference between Jesus and God. And, of course, Tyrus always gave um, glory and prayer to God in the name of Jesus. Through Jesus, because of Jesus, we are able to access God, is the point. And that completes the book of Romans.